Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Morning, everyone. Welcome to Manna for Breakfast. It is March 5th, and we are ready to get going and look into some interesting things in the Word of God. So, God, thank you for this morning. We ask you would bless our time in the Word and guide us as we look into some very interesting truths. In Jesus' name. Leviticus chapter 21. These are the regulations concerning the priests. Then the Lord said to Moses, Speak to the priest, the sons of Aaron, and say to them, No one shall defile himself for a dead person among his people, except for his relatives who are nearest to him, his mother and his father and his son and his daughter and his brother, also his virgin sister, who is near to him because she has had no husband, for to her he may defile himself. He shall not defile himself as a relative by marriage among his people, and so profane himself. They shall not make any baldness on their heads, nor shave off the edges of their beards, nor make any cuts in their flesh. They shall be holy to their God, and not profane the name of their God, for as to present the offering by fire to the Lord, the food of their God, so as to be holy. They shall not take a woman who is profaned by harlotry, nor shall they take a woman divorced from her husband, for he is holy to God. You shall consecrate him, therefore... For he offers the food of your God. He shall be holy to you. For I, the Lord, who sanctifies you, am holy. Also, the daughter of any priest, if she profanes herself by harlotry, she profanes her father. She shall be burned with fire. The priest who is the highest among his brothers, on whose head the anointing oil has been poured, and who has been consecrated to wear the garments, shall not uncover his head, nor tear his clothes. Nor shall he approach any dead person, nor defile himself, even for his father or his mother. Nor shall he go out of the sanctuary, nor profane the sanctuary of his God. For the consecration of the anointing oil of his God is on him. I am the Lord. He shall take a wife in her virginity, a widow or a divorced woman, or one who is profaned by harlotry. These he may not take, but rather he is to marry a virgin of his own people, so that he will not profane his offering among his people, for I am the Lord who sanctifies him. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron, saying, No man of your offspring throughout their generations who has a defect shall approach to offer the food of his God. For no one who has a defect shall approach, a blind man, a lame man, or he who has a disfigured face or any deformed limb or a man who has a broken foot or a broken hand, or has a hunchback or a dwarf, or one who has a defect in his eye or eczema or scabs or crushed testicles. No man among the descendants of Aaron, the priest who has a defect, is to come near to offer the Lord's offering by fire, since he has a defect. He shall not come near to offer the food of his God. He may eat the food of his God, both of the most holy of the holy, Only he shall not go in to the veil or come near the altar because he has a defect, so that he will not profane my sanctuary. For I am the Lord who sanctifies them. So Moses spoke to Aaron and his sons and to all the sons of Israel. 
Chapter 22. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Tell Aaron and his sons to be careful with the holy gifts of the sons of Israel, which they dedicated to me, so as not to profane my holy name. I am the Lord. Say to them, If any man among all your descendants throughout your generations approaches the holy gifts, which the sons of Israel dedicate to the Lord. While he has an uncleanness, that person shall be cut off from before me. I am the Lord. No man of the descendants of Aaron, who is a leopard, or who has a discharge, may eat of the holy gifts until he was clean. And if one touches anything made unclean by a corpse, or a man has a seminal omission, or if a man touches any teeming things by which he is made unclean, or any man by whom he is made unclean, whatever his uncleanness, person who touches any such shall be unclean until evening, and shall not eat of the holy gifts until he has bathed his body in water. But when the sun sets, he will be clean, and afterward he will eat of the holy gifts, for it is his food. He shall not eat an animal who dies or is torn by beasts, becoming unclean by it. I am the Lord." They shall therefore keep my charge, so that they will not bear sin because of it, and die thereby because they profane it. I am the Lord who sanctifies them. No layman, however, is to eat the holy gift. A sojourner, the priest, or a hired man shall not eat the holy gift. But if a priest buys a slave as his property with his money, and that one may eat of it, and those who are born in his house may eat of his food. If a priest daughter is married to a layman, she shall not eat of the offering of the gifts. If the priest's daughter becomes a widow or divorced and has no child and returns to her father's house as in her youth, she shall eat of her father's food, but no layman shall eat of it. But if a man eats a holy gift unintentionally, then he shall add to it a fifth of it and shall give the holy gift to the priest. They shall not profane the holy gifts of the sons of Israel, which they offered to the Lord, and so cause them to bear punishment for guilt by eating their holy gifts, for I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Verse 17, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons and to all the sons of Israel, and say to them, Any man of the house of Israel or of the aliens in Israel who presents his offering, whether it is any of their votive or any of their free will offerings, which they present to the Lord for burnt offering. For you to be accepted, it must be a male without defect from the cattle, the sheep, or the goats. Whatever has a defect, you shall not offer it, for it will not be accepted for you. And when a man offers a sacrifice, a peace offering to the Lord to fulfill special vow or a free will offering for the herd of his flock, it must be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. Those that are blind or fractured or maimed or having a running sore or eczema or scabs, you shall not offer to the Lord nor make of them any offering by fire on the altar to the Lord. In respect to an ox or a lamb which has an overgrown or stunted member, you may present it for a free will offering, but for a vow it will not be accepted. Also anything with its testicles bruised or crushed or torn or cut, you shall not offer to the Lord or sacrifice in your land, nor shall you accept any such from the hand of a foreigner for an offering as the food of your God. For their corruption is in them, and they have a defect. They shall not be accepted for you. 
Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, When an ox or a sheep or a goat is born, it shall remain seven days with its mother, and from the eighth day on it shall be accepted as a sacrifice for an offering of fire to the Lord. But whether it is an ox or a sheep, you shall not kill both it and its young in one day. When you sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, you shall sacrifice it so that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten on the same day. You shall leave none of it until morning. I am the Lord. So you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. You shall not profane my holy name, but I will be sanctified among the sons of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out from the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. So 21 and 22, you have these specific requirements for the priest. You might say they're, they're outward and the inward in these chapters, the cleanliness that needs to be manifested inwardly in their hearts, the, the physical requirements outwardly, the robes that they need to have on. All of these details we've looked at before, but it's interesting to see them again given to us in, in quite a bit of detail. And it, uh, it's, this is why a lot of people struggle with Leviticus and thinking what is going on, what is the application, how are we supposed to take all this stuff. Well, there's modeling going on in the tabernacle and the people are supposed to get the concept because remember 400 years in Egypt they've been so exposed to so much idolatry, so much filthiness, so much lack of respect for the holiness of the creator God. They understood God as creator in a different way. They had these different ideas of, you know, the the great God Ra, the sun God, or the, the Baal, the Baal, even coming into their belief system then. And there were so many different gods, many different gods. We can get into the, the creator God, God and goddess, and how that started the whole creation story in the Egyptian mind. And they all so much of it, so much of it was wrapped up around sexual immorality and filthiness and partying and drugs and, um, and just evil. And so God says, you're going to be my people. You need to learn to be holy and model holiness. So when you come in, the priests, when they come into my presence, they were to model to the people a specific holiness. So the people saw them and say, wow, this is the standard to come in before God's presence. So there has to be all this washing. There has to be a cleanliness of clothes. If anything becomes unclean, it has to be changed. Um, there is tight regulations on who the priest could marry and not marry so that they could maintain this sense of, of pureness. And it's interesting to me that there's a lot of description of how the priest can marry and who they can and cannot marry and why the Catholic Church then would get this whole thing about the, the priesthood being for unmarried priests only is, in my mind, only demonic. It was not even anywhere mentioned, hinted at, except for Paul, maybe, but it's just better if you're not married. He didn't say it's required. He just said that if you can, if you have the gift, but it's just ridiculous. But here we see it. Priests could have wives. They just needed to be wives that were like them, that were to model these things. We have the outward uh manifestations, you know, the, uh, the whole things of what you could bring in that would be clean and unclean. 
you looked at the priesthood, they could not have the priests themselves going into God's presence had to be in physically, they had to be physically without defect the same way that they brought the offerings to the Lord Jesus was a, with the high priest, right? Without defect, spot or wrinkle or anything was the lamb, but it was also the high priest who was without defect. And again, they're modeling this because they were to model Jesus, that Jesus would have no impurity, no defect. He was perfectly God, perfectly man. And it wasn't that God has less respect or caring for those with defects. He says, they can still eat of the holy things. They're all right. They're still part of the priesthood. It's just that I am setting up a model, a visual model for people to understand what holiness coming in to my presence looks like. And it's for that reason only that he sets all this up. And we, she said, it was pretty, pretty intense. Now, they were to bring in special sacrifices. They were to be set apart in specific ways so that they could be accepted, is what it says here. Is that true today? Because people take that and run with it and say, well, I have to be, I can't come into God's presence until I clean up my act. This is what we've heard throughout these, these decades now. And God can't accept me unless I make myself holy. And so I've got to go wash myself somehow and make myself better. No, that's not how it works now. It works exactly the opposite, where it was restrictive in the Old Testament. Who could come into God's presence? And you had to have all this, this calling, be of the right tribe, and be holy without defect. All of these restrictions is completely overturned and reversed in the New Testament. Because once you come into the church, you are in Christ. Christ is in you, and he was the one who entered into the holy place as our perfect high priest. And he was the sacrifice at the same time. So because we have in us his blood, so to speak, we are part of his family. We are, in, we are grafted in, and so we are part of the priesthood. We know that from 1 Peter 2.5 that we are a holy priest. We are holy priests to offer up sacrifices to God. He And in that we are accepted. God accepts our sacrifices through Jesus Christ. And Peter goes on to tell us that we're a holy people, royal priests, a holy nation, people of his own possession. We were chosen to tell about the wonderful acts of God who called you out of darkness into light. So, we can come into his presence. We're bid to come into his presence. You know, Revelation tells us, all who are thirsty, come and drink. And that we come into the salvation experience, then we come into the priesthood of all believers, and we bring our sacrifices to him. We are to present before him our bodies. We are present the people we've won to Christ, our praise, our good works, our broken hearts, and our prayers. We have lots of things that we can bring in before the Lord to offer up to him. This is why we see a complete difference in the New Testament. So don't let people tell you they can't come to church with you because they're, they're, they got to clean up their life first. They got to make themselves better. You're, gonna tell them you're never going to do that. Let the blood of Christ wash over you and let him cleanse you. Change your heart. You be born again and then you will be clean in Christ. March 5th now, continuing on with Charles Spurgeon. Home blessings. Proverbs 3.33, he blesseth the habitation of the just. 
he fears the Lord, and therefore he comes under the divine protection, even as to the roof which covers himself and his family. His home is an abode of love, a school of holy training, a place of heavenly light. In it there is a family altar where the name of the Lord is daily had in reverence. Therefore the Lord blesses his habitation. It may be a humble cottage or a lordly mansion, but the Lord's blessing comes because of the character of the inhabitant and not because of the size of the dwelling. The house is most blessed in which the master and mistress are God-fearing people. But a son or a daughter or even a servant may bring a blessing on the whole household. The Lord often preserves, prospers, and provides for a family for the sake of one or two in it or just persons in his esteem because his grace has made them so. Beloved, let us have Jesus for our constant guest even as sisters of Bethany had, and then we shall be blessed indeed. Let us look to it that in all things we are just in our trade, in our judgment of others, in our treatment of our neighbors, and on our own personal character. A just God cannot bless unjust transactions. Pretty profound. So keep your house dedicated to the things of God and be a person who loves to rise up in the morning Praise the Lord and let everybody in your house see it and know that you love him. And even those that may not be saved in your house can even receive the grace of God. And eventually, maybe even his salvation. So thank you guys. Thank you for being with us this morning. And uh, let's just pray and give this time to the Lord. Father God, thank you for blessing us. Thank you once again for guiding us in our thinking and in our prayers. God, we just ask that you would uh, help us to see these things of cleanliness, these things in our own life that you desire for us to be. Help us to then, by your Holy Spirit, become more like you, be more conscious of who we are in our flesh. And now we struggle against the flesh, but we need to crucify, deny it. And let your Holy Spirit guide us in righteousness. It's only something that you can do supernaturally, but we have to yield to it. We have to allow it and not fight against it. So, Father, continue to refine us and make us more like you. We desire, God, to put on your robes of righteousness to keep them on and let those around us see them. Thank you for the work you're doing in the church and the way that you are bringing us into holiness and growing us up in Christ. We are most blessed. And in that, God, we want to thank you for the work last night, the evangelism team, and the many different people they talked to, the report they got back um, yesterday, from the wonderful time that they had, the people they, they prayed with. I want to pray for a few individuals, Father. Raphael, who heard the word and, and uh, heard the worship of, of the gospel, Omar, as well, said he was interested in coming to church, and uh, a number of people receive the little tracts that we give out. want to pray for the families that are going out there to do the work. We want to pray for Tony and Bernice and, her fa- and their family, God, as they go out to serve and help the uh, Francisco and Pablo. Pray for them for the, their time that they can get there. It's a long distance for them to go. There's a, they're a big family. May you bless them, give them the money, the resources that they, without 
the rides on the bus, any anything, so there's no impediment to get there. And may it just be a joyful time, a fruitful time for them. And we pray for Francisco as well, that it may be a joyful time and a wonderful time for him as he is struggling with his health right now. We would ask God that you would really uh, bless that, bless that time. As he goes down there, that you would use it even as healing for his own for his own brain right now, for his own head, that you would use those times as he's ministering, his times where you are ministering directly to his body. Amadeo, just bless him too. Give him right, clear words that he w- could express about his love for you. And we pray for Raquel and his her husband. Pray for Lalo that for their health, that uh, they're dealing with some health issues, God, so we want to pray for them. And Angelica and Blanca, who heard the gospel, we pray that that seed is planted. And for a young young guy named Fernando, who also heard the gospel, God, we want to pray for him. And we also want to lift up everything that's going on in the Ukraine as... There seems to be a ceasefire right now for humanitarian aid. I pray that it's still lasting, that it's possible that uh, the fighting is stopped so that the families can get out. This could be a huge answer to prayer, Father, for those believers or just people that are trapped there. And God, for the pastors that are staying, the churches that are staying, we pray for strength for them and for safety, that they don't get shot at or bombed that they have been able to maintain to minister to the, the fighting Ukrainians. We pray for the Russian soldiers that God don't want to be there. And uh, even if they do, God, just pray, give them clarity to understand that this was not this is not anything that's going to produce health for their nation. It's only going to create problems. So, God, we ask you to stop this war. As you stop the fighting temporarily, may it kind of boil over into a negotiation where there's complete peace settlement. So we pray for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, thank you so much for being a blessing to us as you're joining us every morning. And for tomorrow, I will try and get a podcast put together today for Sunday. But if you want to go ahead and read, read Leviticus 23 and 24 and Luke 9. Leviticus 23 and 24 and Luke 9. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye.